If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Greetings, loved ones. Please enjoy this week's Doing It at Home classic episode with Lisa Hendrickson-Jack of Fertility Friday and the Fifth Vital Sign. It's a fan favorite from 2022, and I know you're going to love it. Catch you next week. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Welcome home, everyone. Thanks for being here. It's another great day to talk home birth stories and to share empowering conversation. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time here. Our time is arguably our most precious and valuable resource and that you are taking this time to invest into yourself, whether you are planning for your home birth, that's amazing, or you just love birth stories and this is your self-care time. This is your time to just be with yourself, enjoy. You might be out in the car. You might be out for a walk. You might just be hanging out at home with us. Thank you. Just want to acknowledge that. And we really appreciate you. However you found us, however long you've been listening. And if you are new to the show, we have a lot of great stuff for you to check out, not to mention 370 plus other episodes you can listen to if you're just jumping in now, or maybe you've been on a binge and now you are arriving at our newest episode, who knows? Um, but we have our website, diahpodcast.com. Great way for you to check out all the other resources that we have, like our book. It's available on Amazon. You can sign up for our free weekly email newsletter, follow us on the socials, et cetera, et cetera. And then we also have the home birth swag, which is a great way to support the show, give back. And then you also get really cool gear like mugs and tanks and onesies and t-shirts that say really cool things and have cool designs and graphics and sayings all related to home birth empowerment. Today's episode is two home birth stories with Lisa Hendrickson-Jack of Fertility Friday and The Fifth Vital Sign. So you might recognize any combination of those words that I just shared, if you are familiar with the Fertility Friday podcast or the book, The Fifth Vital Sign, then you are familiar with Lisa. And we're so honored to have her here and for her to share her two home birth stories, which she shared with us that she hasn't really shared before in this capacity on a platform like this, the details of her births. And so we're really honored and really excited that we get to share that with you today. And we talk about productive labor 
fetal ejection reflex, goals and strategies around birth planning, and midwife support. So highly recommend you go check out Lisa Fertility Friday podcast. I've got links in the show notes for you there. And then Lisa also interviewed us for the Fertility Friday podcast. So once that is out, we will share that as well. And you can go check that out on her platform wherever you get your podcasts. Quick word from our sponsor, and then we will talk with Lisa. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we're excited too, Lisa. This is going to be a lot of fun. So thank you for joining us and doing it at home. (laughs) Awesome. I'm really excited to share something with our audience that they may not know a whole lot about if they know who you are and have followed you, read your book, you know, to for you to now share a little bit of your personal story with us and, you know, add your contribution to the doing it at home space of home birth stories is really exciting. And I feel really honored to be in this space with you and get to be part of this sharing. So um, thank you for that and for all that you've done, all that you've created, the the space that you hold for women and for families is so powerful. And we're going to make sure all the ways to connect with you and find all of your resources are in the show notes. And I want to send as many people as possible to you um, that don't know about what you're up to, or maybe knew a little bit and can, can learn more. So this is personally very exciting for me. Well, thank you so much. That's very sweet. And I mean, I, I really don't think I've spoken fully about my birth experiences you know, publicly, not that I'm hiding it, but I'm usually talking about a different topic. (laughs) So it's actually a really fun uh, thing for me to be able to do and to, to be able to talk about it. Yes. So thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Yes. So maybe you could take us a few steps back um, as to how and why home birth came up for you in your life. And it's something you knew you wanted to do, or, you know, what kind of put that ball, that ball in motion for you? Well, so that's really interesting. I feel like it's, you know, I learned a lot of things in a short period of time when I was in my 20s. So I I didn't decide that I wanted a home birth when I became pregnant. I kind of wanted a home birth before I even met my partner. Nice. <laughs> um, and I think that part of it, I have this book, I still have it on my shelf called Misconceptions. And I forget who wrote it. I forget the author. But I read this book I, when I was in my kind of early 20s. I would go to the bookstore and go to like that feminist section <laughs> in the bookstore, if it's still there. And I would, you know, just look at for interesting books and, and buy them. And I was really obviously interested in the topic of fertility and um, just, you know, the menstrual cycle, fertility awareness. And so somehow, I don't remember exactly how, 
this birth topic did come on my radar. And so I read this book, Misconceptions, and it's been a long, long time. So please don't quote me on it. But I do remember some of the general themes. And the themes were that, uh, you know, hospital births were highly medicalized, that the majority of births are kind of low risk, that birth is not necessarily a medical emergency, and that, uh, you know, there is kind of this cascade to interventions that can happen, not always, but can. So, for example, when you start to, um, even just before, when you go into labor and the contractions are kind of going at their pace and you switch locations, you know, some people can experience then they kind of stop or subside for a while. And so there's this kind of slowing down of the process. And then that's when they want to introduce the Pitocin, right? To bring the contractions back. And then yep. the Pitocin can do the, can, you know, this is just my, I'm not trying to say I understand all this stuff in depth. This is outside of my field, but I think, you know what I'm saying? Like, this mm-hmm. is what yeah. I gathered from the book. Right. And so it's like, then you do the, you, you, if you have medicated contractions, they can come on stronger yeah. and be harder to deal with. And so then you may be more likely to request an epidural and that may slow down the labor. And so you may then be more likely to want you know, there, there may become a situation where the C-section becomes more of an option for you. And so this is kind of my understanding. So I'm reading this book and a lot of it's making sense to me. You know, it makes sense to me that birth isn't necessarily a medical emergency, that women have been giving birth for a long time. So this is like my 20 something year old self. And I remember fondly, one of my really good friends is a labor and delivery nurse. And she worked at a really high risk hospital. And so we're in our 20s and we're having this conversation. And I'm kind of like, I want to have a home birth. And she looks at me like I have four heads mm. <laughs> because she's seen all of the scary things that can happen. Um, but again, she works at a high-risk hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, she sees a lot of patients that are obese that have comorbidities and different, you know, concerns. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so you asked how <laughs> I kind of came on that train. And that's kind of how. And I think also around that time, the business of being born also mm. came out. And so I certainly then just had it in my mind that um, that if, if it was possible for me to do a home birth, that's what I'd want to do. It was helpful having my friend who's a labor and delivery nurse, so because she did sens- sensitize me to some of the challenges that can arise. And I think what I learned from her is that in my case, I tried not to be too attached to having it one way or another mm. or too rigid, but having kind of my optimal ideal and then trying to be open to whatever happens. And so that's kind of what led me to that. So then when I did find my partner and I married my husband and when I conceived and I told him I wanted a home birth, he again looked at me like I had four heads. Uh, (laughs) uh, I was kind of just like, what? And so that was an interesting process as well, because, uh, you know, I was pretty determined this is what I wanted. And so there was uh, we had really great midwives. They had like an information night. He had the opportunity to ask all his questions mm. and he came to every appointment. And by the end, he actually was quite comfortable with the idea, but certainly if it wasn't for me, that probably would never have crossed his mind. Yeah. Oh, that's a story we hear so many times. I mean, that was the sort of our story as well. Just the the fears that the partner has and then um, the education process that happens afterwards. So, so when you said by the end, um, by the end of the pregnancy is when he felt more comfortable or when, when would you say that he was like, oh yeah, this is for us. Yeah. That's like, I think it was kind of 
shortly into it, like once he went to the information night and started going to the appointments and he was able to like, what happens if this, what happens if that, right? And they all had answers and um, he learned, I think a lot of people need to be educated on what midwives do. I I suppose Mm. it depends Mm -hmm. on where you live and what, what rights and, you know, roles that they can do depending on the rules but ultimately they're not like witches with bones and like a prayer (laughs) they're fully trained medical professionals i think it's really helpful for especially in his case for him to see what even what they come to your house with again it's not bones like they they fully come uh fully equipped to suture if necessary they have a lot of you know so it's i think it's helpful for it, it was helpful for my husband to really see like, no, 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 this is a real thing. <laughs> These are real medical professionals. And also to know that I didn't get a guarantee that I was going to get my home birth. You know, you have to make it a certain degree, you know, to a certain, I think it's 35 weeks and at least where I was, Okay, there has to be certain things and conditions that um, qualify you for that. So I think the whole process was reassuring for him. That's great. Yeah. So then let's talk about these home births because you have two. So we're we're gonna we're gonna double up today. Um, can you kind of walk us through each of them and then maybe we can see because what I love and by being able to share more than one in one sitting, you know, listeners get to see where patterns might show up, how things could be very different, and you know, that surprises some people. So not saying that's the case or it could be, um, but either way to get that that both of those stories in one, I feel like is so beneficial for, for the listener and in the the community. Well, I'll do my best and feel free to ask questions. It's been a while. So my eldest is turning 10 this year Um, and then my youngest is turning seven this year. So it certainly has been a while. Obviously I still remember it very well, but please do ask me fill in questions if you have them. Um, So, uh, you know, I think first and foremost, my pregnancy with my eldest it was pretty, you know, even keel. I didn't have a lot of issues. I had very, very minor nausea and things like that. Um, so overall, you know, it was okay. Like I didn't really have any concerns. So um, I was working <laughs> uh, and I think that I decided to come off maybe three weeks before my due date or something like that. So I had like one week where I was trying to do stuff. I remember I was ordering a bunch of stuff, you know, like I was ordering like, um, there's this brand called Bamboobies. I don't know if they're still out, but they have like these <laughs> bamboo nipple shield yep. things so that you don't spray everywhere. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So I was like ordering stuff, you know, um, but I still thought I had like a good amount of time. Right. So we hadn't set up the baby room. Like we were literally just still ordering stuff and buying stuff and getting ready. And so I promptly went into labor at 38 weeks. So that was two weeks before the due date. And I was quite confident in the due date, obviously, because of the charting. Uh, so knowing when I ovulate is helpful. Yeah, you know <laughs> your stuff. Those kinds of things. Yeah. So I felt quite confident for the due date. Uh, <clears throat> so 38 weeks, went into labor. And it's actually a really funny story. Uh, so um, my, so I, I went into labor basically on my birthday. Wow. And uh, so my birthday's in November. So it's literally my birthday, but I didn't know I was in labor. So I remember in the morning, I had my first contractions around eight in the, eight o'clock in the morning. And I have a history of extremely painful periods uh, to the point that when I was in my 20s, it would like, I would joke, even though it wasn't funny, that it was like I was in labor mm-hmm. <laughs> for all this time, but no baby at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd be like on the floor and like writhing, horrible, horrifying pain. 
<clears throat> so it's since improved, but that's the context. Mm-hmm. So when I had these contractions, like I know they're contractions now, but when I had them at that time, I thought to myself, these can't be contractions. My period pain's worse. Uh, so basically it felt like a, a tightening, like an intense tightening. It wasn't particularly painful at first, but an intense tightening. You could see the the belly tightening and you could touch it. And it would feel hard. Right. So <laughs> I was like, oh, that's probably Braxton Hicks. So I was having those every like 20 minutes for most of the day, but literally it didn't occur to me that I just literally thought it was Braxton Hicks. <laughs> and so I'm like living my life, going through my day, you know, every now and then doing some breathing, whatever. Um, and I'll also mention that I had done some preparation so obviously I had planned for the home birth. So I wanted to have at least some sort of strategy for pain management. So I took a hypnobirthing course. Mm-hmm. And I think for, well, your audience is probably more than familiar, but a lot of people I talk to are like, what the heck is that? Yeah. And so um, really what I took from it was like breathing exercises. And I learned a lot. I read that the book that they have, the hypnobirthing book, and it taught about the different muscles in the uterus and how they contract. I felt like it was very educational mm-hmm. in terms of what the body actually does to soften the cervix and bring the baby down. So I felt it was very interesting. So I'm, you know, breathing, doing my thing. And it does occur to me later on that it's probably labor. Uh, by the time it was between about 6 and 8 p.m., they, the contractions were consistently coming like every 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was my birthday. So we went over to my sister-in-law's place <laughs> and uh, she, you know, we had a, she had a you know, little get together. We were having a little bit of food and stuff like that. And I remember thinking to myself, um, the next time I have one of these, I need to like run downstairs and hop in my car and drive home so, so, so that I could get home for the next one. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So I obviously I didn't know, like I really throughout the day, I really didn't realize it was labor. But then obviously, like when they're coming like pretty consistently, I was like, this is probably it. Mm. So I did that, hopped in my car, drove home. And <clears throat> and I think my husband and I had, had just like we were both there, but I think maybe he had driven from work or something. And so we were driving our separate vehicles. Um but again, it was my birthday. So we had a bunch of people coming over at nine <laughs> to celebrate my birthday. Uh, and so it was like kind of late. It was like 8.30. And so people were already on their way. And so they came. <laughs> wow. We had a lovely get together. And it's actually like, I think it's a funny story because um, ultimately I was just breathing through the contractions. And so every now and then I would like lean back <laughs> And there were comments like, oh, Lisa's just tired. And there were times when I would like go into the bathroom and like breathe through. (laughs) Wow. And I didn't tell them that I was in labor. So um, the last person left at like two in the morning. I think some of them knew what was up. It was kind of one of those situations where we had just got the birthing tub and it was like upstairs, but like not fully put together yet. And so my friends who are very skeptical, like I'm the weirdo, Mm -hmm. just to put it out there. I'm the weirdo Mm -hmm. of the crew. (laughs) So we we're like walking through the house. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be the baby room. And we're going to put the tub here. And, and there's jokes like, ha, 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 ha. You're probably going to go into labor tonight. Ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, and so, so yeah. So then, you know, we're having a good time, whatever. And it was just a few friends, you know. And then the last person left at like two in the morning. And as my husband, as John, is like saying goodnight to the last person who left. Because they kind of, I think some of the girls were picking up on it because I just looked tired and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> I was fully like in labor. Um, and uh, so they left. And as the last person's leaving, I like whispered into his ear, I'm like, we're going to have a baby tonight. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
So was he picking up on any of this during the course of the day and these parties? Was he I like, something's going on? I'd have on. to ask him. He must have known. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, how would he have known that it was like that close, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I wasn't necessarily hiding, hiding it. But I literally would just like close my eyes and like breathe through it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, apparently it wasn't that obvious. But by the time they left, I think it was they were probably coming more like every like eight minutes, like something like that. Like it was very consistent. Like they were consistently coming. And obviously, as time goes by, they are closer together. (laughs) And um, so then what happened was, I mean, uh, we wanted to do this tub thing. And so we didn't really have a plan. Like, you know, it's, you can put water in there, but like, how do you make it hot? Like, so he was like running up and down the stairs with like, he's boiling water on the stove and like trying to do this. So he's like soaking wet, and, like just trying to get this tub ready. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like, cause it was, there's a point where it gets to be harder to deal with. Cause mm-hmm. I had, as I had mentioned at the beginning of the day, it really wasn't that compared, especially compared to the period cramps. Right. So in my case, that's how I experienced it. And so, you know, by that time, it was getting a little bit more challenging in terms of dealing with um, the the contraction. So I thought to myself, okay, I'll go and take a, a nice warm shower. <laughs> you know, this will help to relax me. And then I did that. And then that just made them come like faster and harder. I think it's, um, I think it like relaxed my body and allowed my body to be more effective in what it was doing, which, <laughs> right. But it was kind of the opposite effect <laughs> that I was looking for. I was looking for a little bit of ease and it really seemed to help to bring them all along. So for the, you know, for that period of time, so that's kind of between like two in the morning and three in the morning, I think um, I was just, I, you know, I came out the bath, I'm kind of laying down on the bed. So I'm just kind of laying on the bed. I think I put on my, or asked John to put on my hypno birthing, <laughs> you know, it just, it just tells you like to breathe and stuff like that. So I'm just kind of chilling out, just him and I, he's trying to get the tub ready. He's like running up and down. Like I'm kind of yelling like surge. Cause that's what they called them. And he's like timing them so that we can pay attention to like how quickly they're coming. So this is all happening. And I'm just kind of like, you know, and uh, so at some point, I think it was close to about three in the morning. They did like, they tell you to call. It was either, um, I forget what it is. It was like four one one or five one one, and it's something like they come every four minutes, mm. or they last for a minute, mm. or something like that. Like mm-hmm. there was some I don't remember what it is. It's been too long. Yeah. You you know what it is. <laughs> You've heard this before. Uh, you're already says it is. I don't remember. So that's that was what it was. So I followed their instructions and we called them when it was that time. But keeping in mind that this is the first baby, so I called the midwife <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, Lisa." She's like, I'm not going to rush, but I'm going to come <laughs> because she's thinking like it's her first baby, like, <laughs> right? Like, okay, I've heard this before, right? Yeah. I can totally see it from yeah. the midwife's perspective. So again, I'm still there. I'm like on my bed. So he's still trying to deal with this tub thing. It was like a, like I, the, the second time he was really on top of that. The first time, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> so I'm there you know and they are like so my labor was productive I mean obviously I was in my home I was very comfortable very relaxed and so my body was able to just do what it needed to do it was very efficient so somewhere I can't remember exactly when she came Um, the time is kind of hard for me to remember but it would have been somewhere between like four and five so this is kind of fast right Mm because the people just left it too so somewhere between four and five um, probably more like five she comes she texts me and she tells me that I'm 
five centimeters and fully effaced. And I had taken the class. So I knew that that meant the effacement meant the flattening. Mm -hmm. And so they said like when it's all flat, then it opens pretty fast. So at that, I kind of knew I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, And so at some point, like I was handling it pretty good. Um, Because the one thing that's different for anyone who's had period pain is period pain lasts all bloody day. Mm. And so it's just this horrible thing. We're just in pain the whole time. But with the labor contractions, I could actually manage them because they would like contract for a while and then they would like I'd have a break. Mm. And so I actually like it was it it got harder to manage, but I felt like I was able to manage it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so there was a point, though, where it started to really kind of hurt, you know, and it it was harder to manage. And so I'm like, okay. Now I'm going to get in the tub. Again, my great idea. I'm like, okay, this is going to help to relax me. This is going to ease the pain. (laughs) So I get in the tub and just like with the shower, it really like relaxed my body. Like it, like I I was probably like eight, nine centimeters or something when I got into that tub and it pushed me right into transition. Mm. And so my experience (laughs) was like, I got in the tub and I'm thinking that it's going to feel good. And it just is so much harder. And so my experience was just, it was like contraction after contraction after contraction. So before I was getting like a break and I could breathe through it and I could kind of manage, but then it was just contraction after contraction after contraction after contraction. Mm. And I'm just like, I can't do this. <laughs> and my husband's looking at me like, uh, you're in the tub. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do now? <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't do it. And actually my midwife, I think she was very experience. I think she wasn't like older necessarily. I feel like she was probably forties, maybe early fifties. So she wasn't like, like, but she was very experienced. Mm-hmm. She like looked at me. She's like, Lisa, <laughs> hold it together. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> um, so this is all happening. Um, and then, uh, I'm, you know, holding it together. And then I had, I don't know, like, you know, when you're watching those Western movies and there's like a, like a hay bale that goes past, I'm going like contraction, contraction, uh. contraction, contraction, contraction. And then all of a sudden they stop. Hmm. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh. like looking behind me, like, Hello. what's going on? Um, and that's when the the pushing started. Okay. I think they call it the ejection reflex. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that I experienced this as, again, first birth, first labor, I experienced it as an involuntary pushing out of the baby. Yeah. I feel like I did not consent. I didn't know what was going on and I felt like I had no control. Wow. <laughs> so what so basically like it starts pushing and then that's when you can feel the head. I'm just like like it's like it was very intense. Mm-hmm. And this is it's what time is it? It's it's 7. Wow. <laughs> it's like 6 6:45. So this, like I said, people left it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you, you said productive. Productive is a word for this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, um, and and there was supposed to be someone else. Like the midwife was supposed to have a second person. <clears throat> so it's just me, John, and the midwife. Okay. Okay. And so this involuntary pushing starts. <laughs> I didn't hurt. Oh. <laughs> it at all. I don't want to scare anybody. I'm just being honest. That was my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. So that happened, but I felt like I said, I, I, it's like, I couldn't stop it. So my body was ejecting the baby. There was this push and I felt like I couldn't control it. So I often like joke. It's funny now, right? Um, not at the time, but I, I often joke that on the TV, when you would see these 
birth, you'd have this woman sitting there in the stirrups and, okay, now push. And she'd be like, eh, and then, you know, push. And just like, this is not, this is not what happened. <laughs> That's a lie. That's false advertising. You guys are liars. Uh, so, so anyway, so this is happening. And at some point um, in the midst of this, um, and I'm starting to like, I think part of it too, was that because it didn't feel good. Cause I really didn't feel like it was in control. Like it just felt like it was happening because <laughs> it, it was just like, I don't know. But I know in the hypnobirthing class, they compared it to like a bowel movement where you like, there's this feeling of having to go, mm-hmm. but I feel like I can, can I, that's not involuntary. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I was kind of at the point where each one I would be scared. I would kind of be recoiling because mm-hmm. you could feel the head. Like that's kind of the, the ring of fire. That's what they say, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so at some point, at one point, the midwife actually went, so I'm in the tub. This is all happening in the tub, by the way. So I'm in the tub. At one point, the midwife actually, she was, she went to check me. She's like, I need to check you. And then I was like, no, and literally pushed out the baby. Wow. And so I picked him up <laughs> from the water and I was in total and complete shock. Mm. Um, and that was about seven, seven fifteen in the morning. Mm. So you can imagine the phone calls that occurred. They were like, we just left your yeah. house. Oh my yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you had the baby? Oh, um, but I mean, I, I obviously it's interesting to look back and I know I'm a jokey person. Um, the, the, the pushing labor part was really intense. Like I said, and I did feel like it was involuntary. I did have <clears throat> a little bit of a, a vaginal tear. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays into my second story because <laughs> since that was my experience with my first birth, that was something I had spoken to the midwives about the second time. And I was just like, I just didn't feel like I was in control. It just happened mm. so fast. And I then watched some birthing videos where you actually see kind of like the head come, you know, they, they kind of like, it doesn't just come out. Right. Mm. <laughs> it kind of like pushes through a little bit and it recedes and pushes through and recedes. And, um, and I, that's what I was kind of hoping for the second time when I had more information. Cause I was like, that was, that just was, it felt like, I don't know. It, I just, just didn't feel like I was in control. It was happening. So the positive obviously was that it was quite fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> it did happen without any complications. And um, he was, he was fine. <laughs> he was great. Mm. He was crying wow. up a storm and, you know, we were able to just chill out for a while because we were at home. Mm-hmm. No one was rushing to cut any cords. Yeah. Uh, we were just able to, you know, he was hanging out on my stuff. I was, it just didn't shock. It was yeah. an incredible experience, you know, it was just like, I was thinking about like the pizza takeout that I'd ordered and just like, this is my, this made my baby. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I'm very conscious about nutrition and things like that. There's a lot of it. looking back. There's so many things you wish you would have known. Um, but but I mean, that all I can kind of stop there. And if you have any questions or you want to fill in, then yeah. I just, uh, yeah, go ahead, Bivens. What you got? When baby came out, what was your husband's reaction? Um, I mean, I think he actually has it on camera. Oh, that's great. Oh. <laughs> but it's so funny. <laughs> so he has this pic, he has this video. And in the back, I'm like, my vagina hurts. <gasps> that's awesome. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's the, That's the, the real moments <laughs> that don't always get documented. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he was, he was wonderful. He was, I would have to ask him. I feel like, I don't know. I'd, I'd really have to ask him mm. what his first thoughts were, but <clears throat> I think because he was unfortunately doing so much, like he was trying to take care of me. He was trying to, you know, organize everything. <clears throat> 
that he probably had to take some time kind of after the birth to to really take it in. Yeah. I know like I don't I never saw what happened to the tub. I never saw my placenta like he did. <laughs> so I know he was kind of more involved in what needed to happen afterwards. <clears throat> but in terms of right away, I mean, obviously he was thrilled and very excited and just totally in awe like I was as well. Mm. Amazing. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. I think it's neat, too, and I'm looking forward to, as we get into the second story, you know, you have some things now, you have some context about the birth experience, the experiential aspect of it, and then, you know, what in your mind then you had, whether it was an intention you wanted to set or something you wanted similar or different or whether or not you could control those things or not, you know, often we hear, regardless of how the birth went or where the birth was, your your preceding births have impact on how you, they can, on how you're going to move forward into a, a next one. So so I'm excited to hear about that. We can, we can rock and roll with that. Sounds good. Cool. <clears throat> well, I would say that going into the first birth, I mean, I didn't have, again, because of this experience I had with my friend and she always used to say, she's like, the women that are super type A that have every single thing planned out, she always used to say, those are the ones that tend to have a harder time because mm. things don't always go exactly according to plan. So my goal wasn't to have it all planned out. So my planning was basically like, I need a way to kind of manage. So I like my goal, it might sound silly, but it's true, was to not freak out. <clears throat> Obviously, there were going to be time I did, but I, it, it only happened at transition. I think that's fair. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's you know, acceptable. But my goal was to have a strategy. Mm-hmm. So that the breathing stuff really helped me and all of that. And so ultimately, I wasn't thinking about this perfect experience. I was more thinking of just what can I do to help myself manage? It's like, okay, let's do the tub thing. Let's do the breathing thing. Let's try to keep the lights dim. Let me just try to relax. And that was literally the extent of my planning. So I didn't have a lot of <clears throat> specifics and I hadn't really thought about the birth part, obviously, because I hadn't experienced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fast forward then, um, my youngest son, he was born when my eldest was about two and a half-ish, okay. um, almost three. And so, I mean, I there's a lot of <laughs> things that I learned in between. Um, I had much better nutrition, <laughs> I could tell you that. Uh, we planned ahead for like a year before we started trying. And mm. so, you know, I, I would say that the pregnancy itself was quite similar to the second pregnancy in that it was, I still didn't have a lot of issues, nothing really, um, <clears throat> nothing really wrong, but that's, it's a different conversation outside of the birth, but I can say I certainly learned a lot. I think everybody does. You can have children and not learn a ton. Yeah. So I did feel yeah. pretty good going into it. Um, you know, the second time. And again, what I shared with my first birth was that I did, because I had this experience of 
feeling like I wasn't uh, out of control, I had just asked her a bunch of questions about that because I'm kind of like, is there anything I can do to like not have that happen again? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it was because I felt also because I had that tear that that probably wouldn't happen if it hadn't have just spit out within 10 minutes. Like it just, it, it was so fast. Right. And so I just kind of talked that through. So I think in the second, um, in the second pregnancy, when I was attending my appointments, that was something that I just, you know, we talked about. And I also, because the, you know, because um, the, because uh, my eldest son was born, two weeks early. So one of the things also that didn't happen because he was born two weeks early was we didn't do the home visit. <clears throat> mm. So at least with my midwives, um, they come to the house and they kind of scope it out. They talk to you about where you're going to have the baby. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just certain things that they're just planning in that visit. So I didn't have that visit because <laughs> he it. just came before. I think the visit was probably scheduled for the week after or something like that. So that was something that we actually obviously scheduled earlier ahead of time. And um, she was so great. I think I interviewed my midwife on my podcast a couple of years ago. She was so nice. And she was um, like, so I, I was able to go through all my concerns and all that kind of stuff. And so basically we had a plan um, for that aspect of it, which, whereas before I, I didn't, cause I didn't know we needed to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so the rest of it was pretty similar. You know, I had my history. I knew about the breathing and all of that kind of stuff. And I, again, obviously planned to have a baby home now with, the second baby. So my first was born in his room. We had put the tub up there. I think we just thought it'd be easier because it was close proximity to the bed. Mm-hmm. But now we had a child living in there. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to put the tub in the kitchen. So we had kind of moved the tables, tubs in the kitchen. And then <clears throat> in the living room, I, I think my husband set up like a, I think we have an air mattress or something. So we set it up. So I was still able to kind of rest, mm-hmm. but we just kept it downstairs and, and, um, so all of that was kind of like planned out. And then um, my midwife had spoken to me a little bit just about some of the possible techniques. So she was taught like basically what <clears throat> everyone is different. I know some people wouldn't want that level of attention, but she did talk about actually having her hand in place. Like when the baby's head starts to come out to try okay. to help to control what was going on. Mm, so, okay. so that was kind of one of those things. So we actually, there was like maybe more planning <laughs> for the second one um, just to address that specific um concern of mine. And so um, with my second, um, went into labor 38 weeks. <laughs> so okay. to, I don't know if that's a, a consistent thing, but that happened both times. And ironically, uh, my mom was coming to visit and she literally, like I picked her up from the airport and like, and then on the way home, I remember I stopped at the meat shop because <clears throat> I bought like bones and I was going to make soup and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so I went into labor at like 5 p.m., and I can't remember when I had the first contraction, but I obviously definitely knew it was labor this time. <laughs> there was mm-hmm. no mistaking it. And uh, I, and I'm pretty sure it was either like on my way home or something. And I remember coming home, I was trying to make supper. And then like I would, the contractions th- this time felt stronger. So, you know, and I, I don't know if it, they needed to be to get me to stop working because by <laughs> now I've got like a baby, I've got a dinner, I've got all this stuff going on. Yeah. And so I remember like, like having to like go to the living room and like breathe. And then when it was over, I'd come back and like make supper. Oh, so wow. this is kind of how this is working. And I remember I put on like the bones on a crock pot because of course I kind of had this idea in my head that I was going to have a baby that night. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think that again, like it's kind of harder to remember the second, all of the details, interestingly enough, 
But I felt like with this time, it was a little different. Like with my first um, experience, it was very like, like kind of as if you were reading it, like Mm -hmm. they started off 20 minutes and they gradually went to 15 and they gradually went to 10 minutes apart. And then they gradually went to five. Like it was more like organized, but I felt like with my second, it was very much like, not like that. It was kind of, there was contractions. They were very much stronger and it seemed like it just came on faster. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a whole day of these contractions Um, and they weren't exactly it wasn't exactly the same where it was like very like a like a longer yeah it just it just I don't it's hard to explain other than to say that they seem to just be a lot stronger and they were not evenly spaced all the time but either way it progressed quite quickly and so I think by like 11 o'clock I was um it's kind of funny because I can't remember all the details. Like, but the first I feel like I can remember exactly when we called the midwife and like all yeah. the stuff, but like, I can't, I can't remember. Um, but obviously at some point we did call them like when it got to that point where they were coming pretty quickly. And, and I think it was probably around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, something like that. And so they came, <laughs> they did not delay. Mm. Um, <laughs> both of them came at once um, because of course they knew the history of how quickly <clears throat> the, the first one had come. And so I think that I'm trying, it's hard to remember, honestly, (laughs) I think it's hilarious, but it actually kind of is. Um, I think I did some of the same things, like took a shower, same Mm -hmm. idea, rested. um, And I think I did do kind of a bit of laboring, like um, in the bed, like maybe even more than I would have thought. I think I would have thought that I would be in the, the tub the whole time or something. But I think I did a lot of the laboring in the bed and then moved into the tub like towards the end, similar. And um, and yeah, so with the second, what I do remember is that, you know, when it was time to get in the tub, got in the tub, went through the same feeling around transition where I really <laughs> was like, I can't do this. It's so interesting. But yeah, definitely was like, no, not doing this. And um but this time when the contraction stopped and then I went into the kind of the, the pushing phase, whatever you want to call it, um, for whatever reason, I did feel like I had some degree of control. Mm. Um, wow. So there was kind of like, like, I think the way the difference was that the first time I felt the urge to push, but I couldn't not push. Like, it was like, I'm literally putting my hand in a fire and I can't take it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um that's the only way I can describe it because it's like I couldn't not push Mm -hmm. but with this one it's like I felt the urge to push but I could kind of like control it a little bit more so I didn't have to push as hard because it was like with the first one it was like I felt the urge to push and it was like I was automatically pushing as hard as possible Mm, but with the second it was like I felt the urge to push and I was um, able to not push as hard as possible I was able to control it more Mm -hmm. Um, and so there was and I, I I think I was I think I was like on my knees, like facing the, t- like, so kind of facing the outside of the tub kind of thing, like with my hands on the tub. And I think my husband was there. Like, I think I was like holding on to him too. Um, and, uh, and then I think at some point the midwife had me move so that she could actually do what we had spoken about. Mm-hmm. So I think I had flipped over or something like that. And, and yeah, so she would kind of put a little bit pressure on the head. And so it was, I did feel like it was way more in control and it did like it just it it did come the my my youngest son did come quickly. <clears throat> I don't know what it is with my body, but it did feel more controlled. And there was like 
there was no additional tearing or anything like that. So I actually did in, in that sense, get what I was hoping for mm. um, with wow. respect to just having a little bit more control. Um, and so he was born at like two 30 in the morning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so um, went into labor at five. He was born at two in the morning Maybe at two. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a screamer. My goodness. He <laughs> like when he, when he's born, he was like, ah! like for a long time like he had a lot to say i don't know it's like i'm here <laughs> that's so great uh, but he woke up the he woke up mm. i said it was kind of funny because said my you know two and a half year old comes down the stairs like this is your baby brother he's just like looking at him like mm, wow back to bed right, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh it's so that's funny hilarious. he was so young at one point he was even like can we send him back now when is he when is he <laughs> sure that's very common <laughs> at yeah. any right, age actually the first week. <laughs> yeah yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> wow um, my mom was there my mom that's did not beautiful. she I, she's i don't know all i can say is that she it, everyone has a different relationship with their parents first of all and so i think for some women their mom would be there rubbing their back and stuff like that i, I don't know if my mom really because she had literally just come off a plane and I think in her mind, like it just did not occur to her, like even like it would be possible for me to just go into labor, mm. um, like as soon as she walks off the plane. So I yeah. feel like there was a little bit of like denial there. <laughs> so um, it is what it is. But she was not, and I, 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 I don't know. I just kind of would prefer it that way. Like as you can probably tell. So in my house at the time was were me, John, the midwife, and her assistant. Mm-hmm. Like there was no one else okay. there, um, and I was fine with that and i actually don't like to be checked a lot mm-hmm. i probably let them check me once yeah um <laughs> so um a lot of my laboring is just kind of like me by myself mm-hmm. somewhere obviously not totally by myself people are around but me kind of in the zone yeah. people are leaving me alone um if i need something john will rub my back or whatever that's all i need like i don't want a bunch of people i don't <laughs> i don't need everyone on earth to see my vagina like i'm <laughs> <laughs> I talk about vaginas, but I don't need everyone to see my vagina. Right. So I feel like for me, my comfort level was very much like, so I was actually quite content. I didn't really need any yeah. additional attention or anything like that. I got as much attention as I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, John was a lot more ready <laughs> for the second time. He had come up with a strategy. I think he had bought a hose. Like it was like a whole different thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> so for him, I think it was a bit less obviously stressful. Um, and, uh, and then the, the 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 most beautiful, wonderful thing about home birth, as I'm sure a lot of your guests share, is that you know once the fanfare is over, <laughs> once the baby is out, and you get to chill out. Eventually, the midwives check you. I don't even remember some of the things that happened. I think they gave me like a, you know, I feel like they give you some kind of shot or something. I don't know. I don't even remember any of the stuff that happens. Um, <clears throat> interestingly. I barely remember birthing the placenta. Like I can kind of remember it. Like they kind of like tugged it and then like I can, it's, it's kind of interesting how my memory is Mm. when it comes to those details. But once the fanfare is over, it's just you, your husband and baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I feel like that is, and then you're just in your house. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I, you know, if, if it's at all possible, I wouldn't have it any other way. It was really exactly what I was, hoping for like in both cases even with mm-hmm. the challenges that i shared with you it was still exactly what i was hoping for like private my house not a lot of fanfare and then lots of baby time yeah. it's just mm. you and the baby yeah that is great oh that's beautiful i love that it's like each story was there's similarities and then differences you know yeah. and that's that's Unique. one of the beautiful things yeah. that we always experience when we hear multiple stories it's it's they can be so different and uh, and yet have 
similar aspects. And for for the second baby, can you just share a little bit more about that pushing? Like the first baby you said that was totally involuntary. And for the second one, like do you feel that when he came out, it was with your push? Or do you still feel like your body had that, that fetal ejection reflex? Well, I, I feel like I definitely have like a strong fetal ejection reflex, <laughs> it yeah. would seem. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we were working together, though. Mm, I feel like okay. this time my ejection reflex actually was like like a, a partner, like a team member, as opposed to just like a bossy, like overbearing, I don't know, like, I'm just going to do this without your consent. Yeah. So I know it's like, it's, a, it's like a, I say it as a joke, but it literally did feel like that. It did mm-hmm. feel like I didn't like fully have control like I couldn't stop it I guess that's what I should mm. say I felt like I could not stop it yeah. and it, it and I like I said I was the first baby I felt like I was pushing as hard as humanly possible and I couldn't stop it yeah. <laughs> um, yeah whereas with the second baby I would feel the ejection like I would feel that urge to push and then I would like I was able to kind of push more gently it didn't like I, I didn't feel like that I had to do it at full force it's hard to explain mm. a feeling but that's probably the best I could do like the example of like if, like there's a fire and you're literally putting your hand in it, you can't control your hand that's how it felt like mm-hmm. kind of the first time because it's yeah. like it hurts but i can't stop it <laughs> yeah and i can't control it and i don't know what's going on it was kind of like i know what's going on in my head like emotionally but like physically i, I didn't really know what was going on i didn't really have any control over it um and like i said like i like my midwife went to check me with the first one and i was like she literally was like almost in the area (laughs) and I was like no and like literally so with the second baby I just felt like when the urge to push came I was able to push with it I was able to control the degree like the level to which I was pushing and then um it was so it's a slower more gentle experience just the process Mm -hmm. so obviously it, it didn't tickle but it's still, it was, it was better. And it, it allowed for it to gradually expand a little bit more. So when he actually did come out, it was after a little bit of that kind of back and forth, mm. a little bit of rocking, a lot more controlled, a lot slower. And I just felt like I was more in control. And so it was just like, I, I remember it very fondly in that sense, because it didn't feel like um, like I really, I think it really does minimize any potential. I mean, the tear was, it wasn't a like, she couldn't st- stitch me. <laughs> it was like inside. It wasn't this horrible problem that caused any, me any issues. It was just a bit uncomfortable. <clears throat> and I actually think that it kind of like reopened in the second one mm-hmm. and then like healed better, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how else I can explain it. Uh, but yeah, I think overall it was, it was just, I just felt more in control. And I mean, I knew what to expect the second time. Yeah. The it's it's so interesting. I think you can read as much as you want. And I'm sure people have very, very different, obviously, experiences. Um, but from my experience, I just you know, my body had done it before. I knew what the sensations felt like. I knew what that was. Whereas before I literally didn't know what it was. It was mm-hmm. like the contraction stop and I was like, what? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like what it was like i'm reading a book and i'm like i don't know what's on the next page yeah like, really weird. <laughs> yeah I, when you described like from the western film i feel like there's a lot of other film versions of that too where there's high drama and then it's silent and you're looking around and everyone in the audience is like oh no someone's about yeah. to get something's got coming. or something's happening and then you're like the dome 
doom, doom of the creature or whatever thing it is. And that was the contractions in this case. That's or the F.E.R. come in with full force. I was unprepared for that. No one told me about that. Yeah. I don't remember reading anything about that. Well, you know what? <laughs> totally unprepared. Someone is going to take this and they're going to be able to call upon this moment. I, yeah. I yeah. bet you a lot of money that someone as a result of this is going to be in the midst of their labor and things are going to stop. Just like you said, and they're like, Lisa warned me about this. I know it's about Did, to happen. Have other people described it this way to you? I I was thinking of like not in that way. No. So that's why it's so great. That's why it's so valuable and important <laughs> yeah. because there there are many shades to this. So we need all of them on this canvas that is doing it at home because you never know what's going to resonate and what's going to land. Or someone listening right now that's is like, so "Yes, that's what that's what it was for me," and I have not found the words for it yet. So yes. Um, yeah, we've, we've well, yeah, because I'd be curious if that's a common experience. Because honestly, I was just like, like it was so eerie. The mm-hmm. way you described it in the horror movie was pretty much. And then when the pushing started, like I was not prepared for that either. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't really know how like close the head was to out, right? Because yeah. all of a sudden I could feel the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, mm. well, there could be some great feedback. Well, you know, we'll put it out there, and when we share this, I'm sure there will be some follow up commentary and questions to go along with this, and. And with that, I'm expecting as well follow-up um, followers for you and inquiries and checking out all of your resources. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to link them. But if there's anything that you have going on right now or just anything that you would like to reiterate as far as where people can learn more about you, where they can find the book, your podcast, which we're going to include links for as well because we've recently been interviewed for your show. So depending on when that publishes, we'll plug that link in there too. Um, but yeah, Lisa, just share anything um, that you want audience members to know about sure well thank you again for having me like i said this is really fun and i don't think i've had the opportunity to share all of this so Mm. it's always fun to to share it and i hope it helps you know some of the listeners i think it's um so interesting to hear different birth stories Mm -hmm. uh fascinating um so in terms of what i'm up to uh so my main um I guess like, I'm trying to think I've, there's a lot of things happening. Uh, my book is the fifth vital sign. And so that's all about fertility awareness cycle charting. And so for, you know, individuals who are trying to conceive or if you have already had a baby and you're kind of looking to space your children without hormones, you know, it's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And uh, my podcast fertility Friday is really focused on conception and avoiding pregnancy with fertility awareness cycle charting. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at Fertility Friday. So that's also a fun place to find me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I think that those are kind of the main places. Oh, cool. and I, I should say the podcast, which is probably useful. So if you type in Fertility Friday in your favorite podcast player, you'll find it there too. Yes. Yes, definitely recommend checking that out. And you said, you know, Instagram is a fun place. It is. Your content on fa- on Instagram is so great. I yeah. get a lot of laughs of it, laugh, laughs out of it, as well as education. So, you know, because you got to keep it balanced when you're talking about all these things and <laughs> you talk about vaginas a lot. You know, you got to keep it light at times. So I just love how it is how it is um, presented. It's it's really, really well done. So thank, thank you, you for what you contribute to the space and for being here. And I look forward to staying in touch with you and being connected further and having more conversations in the future because I think all of what you stand for and what you're about is so in alignment with mm-hmm. our space here. So I look forward to more ways that we can um, be in touch. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Amazing, thank you. Quick 
quick note about the Doing It At Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.